0: Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. Illinois' recreational cannabis industry started 2020 with a bang, breaking in more than $10 million in the first five days alone. And plenty of people want to get a piece of the pie. But right now, Illinois' cannabis industry is overwhelmingly white. State officials say they're hoping to change that by opening the door to so-called social equity applicants. The state has now announced more than 700 people applied for licenses, and of those, 600 were social equity applicants. I sat down with Ron Holmes and Kareem Kenyatta, co-founders of the Majority Minority Group. They help folks navigate the application process for a recreational dispensary license. We also talked to urban farmer Alicia Moore. She's a cannabis social equity applicant and CEO of East Garfield Park's Urban Produce. That's spelled H-E-R-B-A-N. And Kareem started things off explaining just what the process of getting a recreational dispensary license looks like.
1: Anyone who has actually looked at this application realizes it's a very arduous task. I mean, in in order to get from A to Z in this application, you need access to a lot of resources and expertise. So, at Majority Minority, we at least try to. Bring people together and provide them with the resources that they need in order to, as Ron mentioned, not only get an application, but also once they get a license, make sure that they're up and running and can build a sustainable business.
0: And you work with at least 36 people uh, through this licensing process. What's what's the biggest challenge in, in working your way through it?
1: Well, the biggest challenge, you know, cannabis in itself is difficult just because of all the, you know, the fact that it's illegal federally to actually produce or sell. Um, it limits the opportunities you have, especially when it comes to financing. And so that's one of the difficult, even if you have a traditional business experience, going for a cannabis license is a completely different different animal. And so Bringing people in and kind of making them realize that this isn't your typical license and walking them through the process, that's probably the most difficult, just getting everyone on the same page and, you know, forcing them to kind of come to the realization that they're going for a much more difficult license than they've probably ever applied for.
0: Kareem, as a social equity applicant, what do you have to do to qualify
1: Well, as a social equity applicant, there are a number of ways you qualify. One is if you live in a disproportionately impacted area. So, you know, for instance, an area that's been, you know, impacted severely by the war on drugs, or if you have a cannabis arrest uh, under a certain amount, uh, or if you have a dependent that has a uh, cannabis arrest also qualifies you as a uh, social equity applicant.
0: Now, around the state has also established a social equity cannabis business development fund loan. It's a mouthful, (laughs) but what can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so the uh, really cool thing about the bill is that the current incumbents in the industry are also paying into uh, a $30 million uh, low-interest loan fund that will be available to social equity applicants. So because capital is one of the many problems that um, folks from disproportionately – uh, disadvantaged communities have, the state's allowed for this program to exist. Now, it's not a cure-all at all, but, I mean, $30 million is definitely something to help a lot of folks.
0: Now, Alicia, I want to bring you into this conversation. You're an urban farmer on the west side of the city. Tell us a little more about the work you do right now.
3: Yeah, so I am the chief veggie officer <laughs> at <laughs> Urban Produce, which is an urban farm on the west side of Chicago, East Garfield Park, to be exact. Uh, so we provide specialty greens, um, edible flowers, herbs to different restaurants in the city. But, you know, we uh, um, talk about, you know, that's what we do. But at the core, we do some really good mission based work. So we donate food to the local food pantries. We we provide internships for CPS students. And we also educate the community on how to be better uh, environmental stewards. Mm.
0: What got you involved in urban farming? <laughs>
3: so um I actually have a, I'm a scientist. So um I have a background in molecular biology and I wanted to do something very untraditional with my degree. I didn't necessarily want to um be a professor or work in a lab by myself and be isolated. I kind of wanted to be, you know, amongst the people. And so um urban farming has allowed me to use my degree. And um, be impactful to the community that I live in.
0: When you learned that Illinois would be legalizing the sale of recreational marijuana, was there an immediate connection there for you or did it take a little time for you to say, oh, this is something I want to do?
3: Oh, no. Immediately I was like, oh, no, we got we got to get on this um, because... We know the direction that the industry is headed in, and we want it to really be the caveat of change. Um, We're doing really good work in our community right now. We kind of wanted to expand that to cannabis, you know, um, to be able to provide local employment, um, be able to provide local ownership, and really educate a community of people who have, you know, really gotten a short end of the stick when it comes to cannabis um, on how to, one, how to um, better, you know, kind of benefit from it, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the learning curve? I mean,
0: you you said (laughs) you're growing greens and and (laughs) things for restaurants. I would would assume (laughs) that there is a bit of a learning curve when it comes to learning how to grow cannabis.
3: Oh my gosh, farming is hard. (laughs) Your voice conveyed so much right there. (laughs) Farming is hard and it was a doozy to apply for this application actually run a farm <laughs> at the same time at the same time yeah. and um, just talking to people that grow cannabis they say it's the most difficult thing that they've ever done um, and so growing in general is not easy but growing cannabis is an a, an extra um, extra learning curve there What makes it particularly difficult Um just uh, the requirements that the plant have so there are um, it, it's used to growing in a warm environment, a tropical, not a tropical, but a dry, like, you know. And so you have to mimic that environment here in Chicago, (laughs) 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 where one day it's 20 below and another day it's 40 degrees in the middle of um, January. And there's some rain sprinkled in (laughs) there somewhere. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How do you balance the needs of entering this new industry with the work you're already doing?
3: Yeah. um, So I guess where it where we kinda merge that is um the local employment mm-hmm. um and allowing people to enter into um enter into an area where they normally wouldn't have the opportunity to. So when you think of an urban farmer, you wouldn't picture me at all. You usually picture an old white man, you know, because um, that's that's who kind of dominates the um, world of agriculture right now. So to get more black and brown folks in the world of cannabis, growing, selling, um, it's just a major goal of ours. Well, and Kareem, you, you mentioned finding different points in this industry for people to
0: to enter it. What are some of the opportunities we're hearing about farming, but but where are some of those other places?
1: Yeah, sure. I think when you think about the dispensary license, if you have a retail background, um, you can obviously carry a lot of those skills over to a dispensary, uh, which you know, even though folks do have retail experience, sometimes making that connection between their retail experience and actually entering into the cannabis industry seems like a wide gulf. And so, you know, one of our missions is to make sure whether it be through the licensing process or once, again, once businesses actually get licensed, making sure that we kind of develop some type of workforce for people who either want to get in on the retail side or, to Alicia's point, if they want to get and learn how to grow and become, you know, farmers, you know, in this sense to obviously grow cannabis. But, yeah, there are a lot of different ancillary businesses on top of just getting licensed that, you know, black and brown folks that are, you know, because they've been so impacted by the war on drugs, you know, they have experience in dealing with, you know, the various nuances of of the industry. So, And I wonder,
0: yeah. Ron, how creative
1: people are getting with this,
0: because when you look at some of the products that are available in dispensaries, you know, we're talking about gummies, we're talking about baked goods. It seems like there's a lot of points where people could you know, apply some really creative thinking to how they want to be involved.
2: Yeah, we're at the beginning of an an industry that's being built from the ground up. So, you know, what I talk about often is the fact that there wasn't a lot of innovation in Illinois' medical market. Uh, and we know from any retail or brand-oriented activity, uh, when, when diversity is at the forefront, whether that be in retail with you know, you look at Nike, you look at all these big brands, uh, all these brands work because there are a diverse group of folks at the table. Uh, so what we're hoping is that, you know, the more Illinois includes black and brown folks, the better off this Illinois industry will be.
0: You know, Alicia, when you talk to other folks who are going through this process, what are their concerns or the challenges they're they're bumping up against?
3: Oh, money. money. Capital is the number one concern. And the other thing is ownership. Um so, you know, they end up being fifty one percent owner, but really, what does that mean? You know? What what are they gaining from that fifty one percent? And so you really have a lot of um you really have a lot of interesting um deals on the table here. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have some really fair partners. Um, but a lot of folks out there They haven't been so um, so lucky, and so it'll be interesting to see what the industry looks like five years from now, um, from all the bad deals that were signed.
0: Well, Ron and Kareem, you both had had an immediate reaction um, when she mentioned fifty one percent partnerships. What what were you reacting to?
1: Well, I mean, to Alicia's point, there from what just from talking to various people that have applied or thought about applying, there there are definitely a lot of bad deals out there, and you know a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of, if you don't have capital on your own and you're entering into a partnership like this, you know, even though you're a 51% owner, there may be some stipulation about what that 51% actually means. And if you have to use use all of your profits going forward of your license to pay back you know the folks that helped you get through the application process and put you down as a 51 percent owner how much equity and how much ownership do you really have ron how much guidance is there out there for people who are going through this process who may find
0: themselves in a deal that doesn't really benefit them
2: yeah unfortunately um we simply can't talk to enough people on a daily basis, and what we find is that by the time we talk to them, it's too late. Right? They've talked to some organization that's cold called them, uh, sold them a pipe dream, uh, said so that they can make them marijuana millionaires. And the reality is, is that uh, because of the stipulations in the contract, the contract again, um, that for the first time they're seeing something life changing, uh, so they think for generations. Um, so that, you, you know you're really it's you're really susceptible to saying like, okay, something is better than nothing. But the reality is, people really need to understand the true economics behind this. The fact that you know, in the uh, case of a dispensary, it's valued at five to ten million dollars. So taking you know eighty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's pennies on what the actual value of the license is. So this next round will be extraordinarily interesting because of the capital intensity associated with craft grow. Right, craft grow those facilities might run you know two to five million. Uh, we talk about the transportation business. We talk about the infusion license as well. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, anyone that talks to us, even if they're not a client, understands their value in this process and understands that you know the operator can't view uh, the contract simply as a tax, and it should really be true ownership and true equity.
0: Alicia, you said you've been lucky to get some, some fair partnerships. What made those partnerships fair? Like what worked for you?
3: Oh, that I have true ownership mm-hmm. yeah. and true equity. Um, Truly. Um, It's not I'm not promising. I don't have to promise to pay back, you know, pay them back on the back end. You know, so I really, truly am an owner and I have equity in my company
2: with control, with control,
3: with control. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Kareem, talk a little bit more about this next phase that's coming up.
1: Yeah, so in the next phase, uh, we have a craft grow license, which is basically you're almost like a cultivator. The current medical cultivators, except you're limited in your space for, you know, the amount of product you can grow. You also have an infusion license. Infusion inla- allows you to create, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the gummies, the oils. You just have to get the product from an actual cultivator or a craft grow processor. And then you have a transportation license. And with the transportation licenses, you have the ability to transport the product from either a cultivator, craft grow, or infusion center to a dispensary. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are all major licenses that are going to be key to getting, again, more diversity into the industry.
0: When you take a step back and you look at the law as it is right now, are there things that aren't in this law that you wish were, Ron?
2: Yeah, the reality is, is you know, in, in my ideal world, there would be set aside licenses based on race. Um, the 610-page statute doesn't mention race once and instead says social equity, which, you know, until the state does a disparity study, which will happen next year, uh, there are constitutional and legal reasons why that can't happen. Um, but, you know, this statute that we have does provide significant opportunity. I mean, the fact that we're talking about 600 of the 700 applicants being social equity is a good thing. What that social equity looks like um, might be problematic as we we find out next year, right? Um, We're going to find out that a lot of those social equity applicants are not predominantly black and brown or they might have used a stipulation of the bill to qualify for those points. But this is the beginning of a a new industry, right? And the idea is that the state has a critical opportunity at this time uh, to take on a diverse slate of candidates and license them accordingly uh, and really get this industry where it needs to be.
3: Alicia, what's next for you? So what's next is the Craft Grow application <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so that's what's next. Um really trying to figure out how to apply and build a vertically integrated cannabis business. In a best case scenario in 5 years, mm-hmm. what what does your
0: work look like at Urban Produce?
3: <laughs> so right now we've actually we uh, got a NOF grant. To expand our grow operations. So we'll be two acres of land in the middle of East Garfield Park. So hopefully it looks like our workforce is expanded. And um, in that, we'll have a... Uh, an event space, so hopefully we're providing a a space for the community to come and have events at. So, yeah, I'm really excited about what's happening at Urban Produce. I see it going up um, from here.
0: And Kareem, any last pieces of advice for people who are thinking about getting into this business?
1: Sure. You know, I think just to highlight everything we've said today, you know, just be careful as you're speaking with people, anyone, if you do qualify as a social equity applicant, you know, it's something that you should take very seriously, and if you want to become a Owner in the industry, you should do it under the right terms and make sure, to Alicia's point, that you have equity, you have ownership, and you have real control. Um, so that would be my advice because, again, we see a lot of bad deals and it's a very unique opportunity, but you want to enter into it under the right circumstances.
0: And that's it for today's Reset. If you're not subscribed, do it now. We'll drop new conversations about Chicago into your feed six days a week. They're just long enough to satisfy your curiosity, but short enough that you'll be done by the time you get home from work or finish cooking dinner. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. and Let's talk again soon.